a couple of words that really make me happy when I buy a present for my kids, all right? A couple of words. You know what they are? Batteries included. <laughs> Batteries included. You know what it means? It means somebody else thought of something you should have thought of. It means that you don't end up on Christmas morning without any power. The batteries are the power. If we could stretch the, the analogy a little bit and, and, and look at what God has given us. He gives us so much, but he doesn't just give us something in, this, in the, the form of his son, Jesus Christ. He gives us all the power we need to live the way he wants us to live. In a sense, he's the gift giver. He's the provider who provides more than we even know. And he provides things that we don't think of. And I, if you think about it, I just want to just kind of highlight for you this, a couple of these ideas. Because I want you to get in your mind, God is so generous to us. If you read through the Bible, you read through the story of the scriptures, you see that God is in love with his people and he is so generous, he's so merciful. If you read the story of the scriptures, you see that God not only gives us the gift of Jesus to rid us of sin, but he also provides the power to overcome temptation. God gives us the law, the Bible, to help us see our faults, but then provides the grace to eliminate all of our faults. God rescues us from sin, but then not, doesn't just get rid of our sinfulness and our failures and our foolishness, then he heals us. Yes. <laughs> he heals us. He puts us back together. He heals our bodies. He heals our minds. God gives us the scriptures, but then he goes beyond just giving us the scriptures and speaks to us by his spirit. And he opens up our eyes to see it and to read it. God sends his son, Jesus, to share his wisdom and love and then gives the Holy Spirit to remind us of everything Jesus said. You know that's actually in the Bible. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would come and remind his disciples of everything that he had said. God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit and serve, to serve others. He gives us strength to serve others so we don't have to do it in our own strength. God accepts us just as we are, but then really is so graceful towards us. He, he is so merciful towards us that he doesn't leave us the way we are. He actually changes us into all that he wants us to be. God is generous. Would you say those words with me? God is generous. Say it one more time. In this series that we've been on called Generous, we've been using 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 as our kind of key scripture. And I'm going to read it in the Message Bible, and I want you to listen. It says, tell those who are rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money. This is a great message to do at Christmas time, isn't it? <laughs> Stop being so obsessed with the stuff which is here today and gone tomorrow. I guarantee that toy is going to be broken soon. I just warn you. He says, which is here today and gone tomorrow. But tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. For if they do that, they'll build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life. God is so generous 
that all through the scripture there are stories about his generosity and all through the scriptures there are stories about his provision. The deal is God is a provider and that means we can be confident in our own generosity. If we understand how generous God is, if we understand how prosperous God is and how giving he is and, and how, what a provider he is, then we can really be okay with giving stuff away. We can be open-handed. We don't have to be tight-fisted. We don't have to be the people that accumulate everything and hoard things to ourselves. We can open up and be generous. We can share with our brothers and our sisters. And so we're going to read from the Bible, Genesis 22. We've already read it out of the children's book. Now we're going to kind of go through the verses. And we're just gonna, I'm going to give you three ideas, all right? So if you, if you have a pen and paper, get it out and start making notes, and we'll, we'll go through three ideas that I want you to get. And kids, I'm going to include you in this, because I'm I'm, I want you to get three points. All right, here it is. Genesis 22, verse 1, it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. Have you ever done that in your own house, kids? Your parents call you. Hey, Jimmy. Here I am. It's always a good response. It's terrible when you ignore your parents calling you. It's so irritating. I can say it from experience. You res- he responds to God. He says, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the Mount of Moriah. Go sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Now, there's so much here we could kind of dive into. Moriah is this special place, this Mount Moriah. It's where the temple ended up being. It's where David said, I will not give to God that which cost me nothing. He gave God a gift to get rid of a plague that God had sent on Israel for their disobedience. And and God was giving a gift. It's on this very mountain this land of Moriah, where those things happen. Verse 3 says, the next morning, Abraham got up early. Let's see, when did he go? He waited a few weeks. He molded over to see if God really wanted him to do this. He went and talked to his small group over several weeks in a row, had them pray about it. No, actually, he responded to the Lord's voice. I want you to realize that at this particular time, there, is, there are no scriptures for him to look to. In the story, there is only God interacting with humanity. There is no law. This is pre-law. There are, there are concepts and principles that God has shared with Abraham and with others as he has interacted with them. But God is speaking to Abraham, and Abraham is listening for his voice. And even though this is something that God's people would not do, It was practiced by the ancient pagan religions of the time. But God asks him to do something that he didn't understand. So Abraham responds immediately and he saddled up his donkey and took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. And then he chopped wood for a fire and for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day of his journey, parents, think about it, three days thinking about this process. Three days he's walking and he's, and he's evaluating, he's, he's, he's asking God, what, what are you doing? What is this? What, what, what are you asking me to do? Verse 4, on the third day of his journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham tells his servants. 
Watch this next phrase. This next phrase is amazing. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there. And then we will come right back. The first point I want you to get is that generosity, being willing to give anything and everything, starts with faith. Abraham had a moment here where he is expressing faith. In fact, he expresses it this way. He says, the boy and I are going to go worship. We're going to go honor God. We're going to go do what he asks us to do. We're going to worship him. I think what we just did for a few minutes in worshiping God, hands raised and, and glow sticks twirling, I mean, there is something so wonderful and joyous in that. But what it is is articulating who we believe he is, what we believe he's done, and what we believe he's going to do. But the most significant worship we can give him is obeying him, is responding to him. Abraham starts with faith here. He's willing to give. He's willing to offer something. Generosity always starts with faith. Kids, if I could give you a point, here's your point. Ready? Kids, here's your point. God helps us share our toys with others. <laughs> it's very hard to do it on your own. It's very hard for us to do this on our own, to, to, to be really generous without some divine intervention, without God's help. But when you believe in God, you believe he provides all you need. So, so you can share easily with others. He likes it when we share with others. He likes it when we're generous and so this is the first hint of Abraham's trust in God. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. For those that come to him, everybody say come to him, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Abraham is coming to God. He is seeking him. He is willing to do what he says, not understanding it, not getting it, but he's worshiping God anyway, even in the midst of not understanding. Parents, this is really a big deal for you because there are many things where you, many situations, circumstances in your life. I was just talking to a couple after the first service and they were talking about the, the year they've had and the difficult year that they've been through and the guy cannot get a job. He's, he's, he's looked applied so many places over and over again. He, he's working a part-time job and the other part, he's, he's out there beating the streets and, and they just found out that, that she has um, some cancer that's returned and, 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 and so they're just in agony. They're in circumstances that are so hard for them. They're, they're happy to see 2013 go and 2014 come. But there is a place where they are standing, a place where they are firm in their trust of God and they're willing to worship him, willing to articulate that he's a healer, that he is the deliverer, that he is their provider, and God is gracing them. He's giving them grace. It's amazing. Verse 6. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them walked together, so you've got Isaac's got the wood because he's young and strong, probably a teenager at this point, somewhere, a young man. 
and, and <clears throat> Abraham's carrying the fire and he's carrying the knife. And verse 7 says, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, uh, Dad, we got the fire and we got the wood, but uh, where's the lamb? Abraham's wheels are turning. Verse 8, he says, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Now, we don't know what it was going through Abraham's head. What we know is back in Hebrews 11, verse 9, you know what it says? It says that maybe Abraham reasoned that God would be able to raise the dead. Maybe Abraham had so much confidence and faith in God that he, could, that he believed he would raise Isaac to life. Verse 9 says, when, he, when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. And then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on the top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. I don't get this. Like as a dad, I don't even, I can't, Imagine it. It's obviously a foreshadowing. It is obvious that God is telling this story to Abraham because in the mind, the infinite mind of God, God knows that history is going to play out and he's going to send his only son. And he's going to demonstrate that for the whole world. <clears throat> but here Abraham is being asked to do something that is unthinkable, unimaginable. How can I give this? This is the son of promise. This is the one who was going to, to yield all the descendants that God had promised me. This doesn't make any sense. Point number two. The greatest generosity, the greatest generosity is found in sacrifice. People who give out of their plenty. That has a certain level of generosity. Jesus was telling the disciples, they were watching people give into the treasury at the temple and they spotted this one widow. And she was giving, she gave two little tiny mites, two little pennies. She gave two pennies and Jesus looked at the disciples and he said, she gave more than anybody else because she gave out of her desperation, out of her need. There's something here that we have to learn about, being, that, about generosity. God is so generous and he wants us to take on his character and his nature. We can be generous when we believe he's our provider, when we have faith, but then in addition, we, I think, must be willing to offer it all to him. We must be willing to give it all to him or to, or to others. We, we can't hold on to anything too tightly. We can't, we can't be tight-fisted and control everything we've got. We've got to live in an open-handed way. Kids, here's your point. Ready? Kids, here's your point. Your point is God likes it when we share our best toys. <laughs> the ones we really like. The quadcopter. The truck. Right? The Barbie. The, one, the toy you really like a lot, God really likes it. In fact, your parents really like it when you're willing to share that toy with another child. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. 
This is your true and proper worship. See, sacrifice is the purest form of generosity. It's the purest expression because it decides to give it all. It truly, it truly lets go of all. That's what Abraham is doing right here. Verse 11 says, at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, you kind of see it. I see it visually in my children's Bible that I was reading when I was seven years old. Does anybody else have that memory? The picture in the Bible, this, this, it was a regular Bible, but it had pictures every few pages. And I can see Abraham right there with the knife and the angel reaching out and holding his arm. God reaches out to him and says, don't do this. Don't lay a hand on the boy. No, oh, notice, notice what Abraham does. When, when the angel calls him, Abraham, Abraham, he answers just as he did in verse one. May it be said of me that I answered God, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what he was calling me to do, no matter where I was, that I was willing to say, here I am. And finally, here's what happens. Don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, do not... Hurt him in any way, for I know now that you truly fear God, and you have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. If you have your pen and your Bible, underline that phrase, because that's a meaningful phrase. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. One translation I was reading said, God will see to it. To this day, people still use the name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. God's provision is greater, more merciful than what we can imagine. We have to be willing to offer everything to him. But if we do, here's the third point, the fruit of generosity, the fruit of opening up your heart and giving whatever you have to God or to others is provision, God's provision, provision from God. Kids, here's your point. When we share our toys with others, God is willing to give us more. When we, share, when we willingly share our toys with others, God's going to give you more toys. Here's the thing. Think about this for a second. All right. I know on the face of it, some of you are like, oh, I don't know if we should teach them that. Listen, the motive to get more can never be the, the, this thing behind generosity. That kind of ruins the whole point. Right? So, so, so don't misunderstand that. But it's better to take the illustration and say, okay, what happens when kids fight over toys? What happens over Christmas when they, you hear them in the other room and they're, they're fighting over it and they're yelling at it and then they come out and they're crying and they got the cry face on. Hey, he made me. He took my toy. And, and, and then you're, you're like sick and tired of her because it's the seventh time it's happened. And so what do you do as a parent? Okay, give it. If you, can't, if you can't be nice to each other, then I'll just take it. I'll put it up here, and then when you guys decide you can be nice, then you can have it back. Has anybody else done that? Yeah, okay. All right, good. I'm not the only one. It's interesting as a parent, when our kids will not share and be kind to one another, then we discipline them. We take 
take something away. And then we just put it on a shelf for a while until they become more grateful for have it, to have it. I don't think that's such a bad thing. I, I, I think it's what happens to us with God. And, and, here's, and here's, here's the positive part of the point. Instead of the discipline side, let's look at the positive side, which is if, if my Father, Heavenly Father, sees that I, I am not controlled by any of my material possessions, if I'm not driven by these things to own them and to control them, if I am willing to share what I have with others freely, if I'm willing to give myself to him and to others, then he has no hesitation which is continuing to provide every need that I have. He continues to pour himself out into my life, into my family. He provides everything that I need and more. Because he sees it. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. I'll just read it to you. Listen to this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. All right? So a few seeds, small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. You can't give because somebody tells you to. It doesn't work that way. That's not how generosity works. You can't be forced to do it. Now, definitely, there's a discipline. There's learning how to do it and a willingness. I don't think Abraham really wanted to give his son away. He didn't want to offer his son on the altar, but he chose to do it out of faith and out of a willingness of heart, out of surrender. He was surrendering, not, reluct- not reluctantly in terms of wanting to give something to God, but willing to give to God. For God loves a, ch- a person who gives cheerfully, this passage says. And God will generously, everybody say generously. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. The fruit of generosity is provision. The fruit of being generous with others, it, it's, a, it's a universal principle that just keeps coming and happening. In 2014, I want you to decide that you're going to be willing not to be owned by any of your, the stuff that you own. That you are only owned by God. That you are bought with a price. And that he's your provider. And that you're willing to give everything to him. That sacrificially you're willing to offer something really meaningful to you. And, and that you're willing to trust him to provide for you. We'll finish here the story. Verse 15 says, Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven, and he said, This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear my, by, by my own name that I will certainly Bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth. Everybody say nations. All the nations were going to be blessed through Abraham. And this was the moment where God said this. This is actually the first time that God uses the stars in the sky and sands on the seashore, but it's the second time God has reinitiated the uh, Abrahamic covenant, his plan, his desire. And he says, I'm going to bless you all because you have obeyed me. Now look, this is the final idea. God is essentially saying to Abraham, since you've withheld nothing from me, 
I'll withhold nothing from you. Since you've been willing to offer me what is most precious to you, I'm going to offer you everything I have. I'm not withholding anything. This is the, the power of this story, is God wants to unlock and unleash provision for every one of us. He just wants us to be willing to open our hearts up to him and offer him everything we have. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Let's pray. You might pray this prayer with me maybe. Maybe you just be willing to be willing to surrender to what he's calling what his calling is in your heart and, and mind right now. What's he saying to you? What's he asking for? Maybe you look back at 2013 and you see it's been so hard. It's been so much difficulty, so much struggle, but somehow today you're, you're sort of willing to say, well, God, I, I want to give it all. I've, I've learned the lesson. Help me to offer everything to you today. Maybe you're afraid of what is to come in 2014. Maybe, maybe there's um, fear and anxiety about the job or the, your ability to produce. It's not, it's not magic. What we're talking about here is not trying to work some magic that God does in our hearts or, or some magic we do on God. What it is is a relationship. What we're talking about here is a relationship with God that is willing. Your heart's willing and open. You realize his generosity and so that begins to cause us to be generous with him and to be generous with others because we trust him, we have faith in him. Because we understand that sacrificially we want to reflect him, we want to offer ourselves to him. And because we believe that he really demonstrates his provision. Not always when we want him to. I mean, I'm sure Abraham did not want to travel for three days thinking about offering his son. Timing-wise, that just wasn't the greatest. I'm sure he wanted God to do something more quickly than that. But I want us together today to give our lives, give our hearts. Whatever you've been through in 2013, would you lay it at the feet of Jesus today? Would you lay it down and would you offer it to them? Maybe there have been incredible successes and, and it's kind of got its claws in you and, and that success is leading you astray. Maybe you need to lay that down at the cross today. Maybe you got to lay down all your failures and mistakes. Maybe you've wandered away from him because you've been discouraged. Maybe today is your day to realize that God's generosity reflected in your own heart is all you need. Maybe pray this prayer with me. Father, we pray, we ask you to do something in our hearts to change us. Would you forgive us for doing our own thing, for trying to make stuff happen on our own, trying to press when our own strength, when really we need your strength. Lord, would you teach us what that looks like? Would you help us to live sacrificially for you? Would you help us 
to give ourselves to you in every way, not to keep anything for ourselves, but to be willing to give you that which is most precious to us, to offer our kids to you, to offer our marriage to you and the struggle we're having in that marriage, to offer our our job and our future, our career, to offer our own significance, to give everything, to just lay it down right here. Teach us how to do that. We do that right now. We make a decision to do it. Forgive us. We choose you above all these things. We choose to follow you. We choose to trust you. And we choose to receive your provision for us today. Thank you, God. Renew our hearts. Heal our souls and our minds. Put us back together today. and Help us to follow you. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.